Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me to Genesis 17 tonight, and we're going to continue with this that we've been on for several weeks, a covenant of blood. And uh, of course, as we have been saying, there's some things that we must always remember, and always remember that, number one, I have a covenant. And you may say that out loud, I have a covenant. Can you say that one more time? I have a covenant. All right, see, I have a covenant. I have a covenant with God himself. God initiated the covenant. Uh, Nine times in Genesis 17, he said, it's my covenant. And he said three times that it was an everlasting covenant. And the covenant that God made with Abraham is the basis of our relationship with God. And... The second thing to remember is the Bible is a covenant book and it's sealed with blood on both ends. The uh, blood of bulls and goats in the first covenant, the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus, in the second covenant. But the blood, the Bible is a covenant book. It's a covenant book for uh, a number of reasons, but it's a covenant book primarily because it's what God said. And what God says automatically is truth it doesn't become truth it was truth when it was spoken all right the reason that God cannot lie is that God only speaks truth amen now understand that and so when God says something he his he is bound to what he said God speaks no flippant words empty words that's why Isaiah 55 11 says the word of God will not return void, it will not return empty, it will not return without accomplishing what it was sent to do. And as a matter of fact, he promised that it would prosper in the thing that he sent it to do. Why? Because, because everything God says is truth. Now, the, the key there is, am I believing what God said was truth? Because God said, now remember, God said the word would not return void. Now, either you believe that or you don't. If God said it won't return void, then it won't return void. It won't return without accomplishing what he said it would do. Amen. So the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Number three, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. If I'm going to operate in strong faith, a covenant mindset is a requirement. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because faith is based on something that's eternal. Faith is an eternal substance. The Bible says now uh, these three uh, 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 abide forever. Faith, hope, and love. All right? That th- those three will always exist. So faith is an eternal substance because it comes from an eternal substance. The Word of God is eternal. So what the Word of God produces 
is eternal. Do you see this? When you learn to prosper, for instance, by the word, you have lasting prosperity because the word has prospered you. When you get healed by the word, you have lasting health because because the word healed you. Amen. Genesis 17, verse 1, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be perfect. Now, it's interesting that God introduces himself here to Abraham as the Almighty, the Almighty God, El Shaddai, all right, the God who is more than enough. I'm the Almighty God. Well, now, think about this for a minute. In light of the promise that he's about to make him, he introduces himself as the Almighty God. See, he is the I am. And the I am is the blank check for whatever you need. And Abraham needed something in this circumstance that only a God who was almighty could produce. So God introduces himself. Because he knows what he's about to say to Abraham, he introduces himself as I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect or upright or sincere. Be sincere about this. And I'll make my covenant between me and you, and I'll multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. So God promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations or the father of a multitude of nations. And we talked about how the word for nations is the Hebrew word goy or goyim, all right? It's, uh, it's not something that uh, a Hebrew would ever call a Hebrew, all right? It's a slam. It's a word for a Gentile, all right? Someone outside the Jewish race. And so it's usually used for non-Hebrews. It means Gentile. It means heathen, all right, or heathen nation. So God tells Abraham that he'll be the father of a multitude of nations. The father of a multitude of nations. Now, this is redemptive prophetic language. Why? God always calls the end of a thing from the beginning. God calls the end from the beginning. This is important because that's that's how covenant operates. God calls the end of a thing from the beginning. God doesn't show up and go, boy, this is a mess. Going to take a lot of work to fix it. God shows up and starts telling you what's going to be. Right? Now think about it. God can't lie. So if God shows up and starts telling you how something's going to be, what's my part of it? Faith and obedience. I believe what God said. And it's not I believe God in a religious sense where it's just a religious slogan. Well, yeah, you know, I believe God. Now, when you say you believe God, you're saying you believe God can't lie, 
that his word will not return void. And what he just said to you is absolute truth. Whether you can see it currently or not. Amen. What you see currently, if it is opposite to what God has said to you, what you see currently is not true. It might be real and it might be factual, but it's not the truth. What God said was the truth. And so anything that goes contrary to what God has said to you is not the truth. Yeah, but I'm experiencing it. I can feel it. Just because you can feel it doesn't mean it's truth. Just because you're experiencing it doesn't mean it's truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody and their brother, almost everybody in here, when you were 12, 13 years old, you met a person, met a him or a her, and you were infatuated. My daddy called it puppy love, and you just knew you were in love. You just, oh, she just makes me feel so good, and it feels so good to be. You weren't no more in love than I'm a Martian. Right? But you had the feeling, but it wasn't true. Right, But one day you came, if you're married, you came across that person that, that it, was, it was the real thing. Amen. And, and it may or may not have been accompanied with the feeling. When God says something, you take what God said as truth. That, that's a covenant mindset. Amen. Look at Isaiah 46. Verse 9, Isaiah 46. And uh, verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. Now notice this. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying, now notice what he says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. So God says, I declare the end from the beginning and it is my counsel that will stand and I will do all my pleasure. Oh, glory to God. So at the beginning of the covenant that God made with Abraham, he let him know that the end result of this covenant was he would be the father of a multitude of nations. And this multitude would include Gentile nations. Hallelujah. The Amplified says that God declares the end and the result from the beginning. The end and the result. Hallelujah. God has now spoken this. Now, this is important because God can't lie. And if God says something, that's his intention. If God says it, that's what he intends to do. Have I said it? Shall I not do it? And he declares the end from the beginning. See, you can only call things that be not as though they were, you can only declare the end from the beginning with a covenant mindset. Because you're calling things that be not based on what God said. Not just based on your own mindset. 
So when you call yourself healed, even though you don't necessarily feel it or see it, when you call it that way, you're doing that based on what God said about you. Amen. If you were in healing school Tuesday, we taught on, on the fact that God said, not only will I am I your healer, he said, I will take sickness away from you. And one trans and then he and then he went on over in the book of, of Deuteronomy and he said, and oh, I will take it and I will keep it away from you. I'll keep it. So that means that I can believe God's my healer. And I can be healed, and I can stay healed, because he'll keep it away from me. Now, that's what God said. So you might read those verses, somebody might read those verses, and say, well, it'd sure be nice to be healed. you got to call yourself what God said you are before you'll be what God said you are. Because that's how covenant works. God shows up to Abraham, who has no children, who can't father children, with a barren wife, and says, a father of many nations, I have made you. Is that right? But yet there's no way to have children. But God said, I have done that. If God showed up to you and said, I have done this for you, your, 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 your issue right there is what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God said he has done or what you see that still may be undone? I got to believe what God says he has done. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because God declares the end of a thing from the beginning. The, the, the Lord said something Sunday night. He said that God was going to give people a new song. It was going to come from the place of victory. And he said it was going to start that night. And you might have got up Monday morning and fought five of the hardest battles you've ever fought in your life. Well, I thought it was going to be a new beginning. God said it was a new beginning, so it's a new beginning. That's, that settles the issue. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there's times you got to get in the mirror and look yourself in the mirror and say, what did God say? God said this, and this is how it's going to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My God made a covenant with me, and he can't lie. He cannot lie. He cannot change. He cannot go back on his word. Glory to God. And so then you're rejoicing, and you're shouting, and you're praising God by faith because you're praising God because he said that's the way it is, so that's the way it is. And your faith your praise is your faith and your, and your belief put into action that you believe what God said. That's what the Bible says. That Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That, that in, in, the, in the Greek, it says he became strong in faith as he gave glory to God. That's so important. Hallelujah. Do you see this? We see God's ability. You don't have to go there, but Romans 4, 16 and 17, we see God's ability. He's, it says, God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. And it's interesting. 
uh, 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 it says that Abraham became like unto him who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that Abraham could quicken the dead. It means that Abraham began to call those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. To get what God can do into your life, you have to believe what God said, even though he's calling things that be not as though they were. Even though he's calling things that be not as though they were. It amazes me how Christians will say that God knows everything, but yet God will say something to them that's, that's contrary to their circumstances. And you'll talk about God calling those things that be not as though they were. And they'll kind of look at you crooked, but God knows everything. So God knows how the thing's going to end. God's got a plan. And the plan in Ephesians 2 says that you would live the good life, walking the plans that God made for you, living the good life that he prepared beforehand. He prepared it before and made it ready for you to walk in it. The work was done from the foundation of the world. God's not making anybody's life up as we go along. His plan for my life was there from the foundation of the world. When I got saved, I had an opportunity to enter into that plan. My level of faith and obedience and the quickness or the slowness of my obedience determines the level of that plan that I walk in. God's not making it up. It's something that's already completed. It's already done. It's already finished. And he says, look, I'm calling these things that be not as though they were. Just believe me and you can have it. All you got to do is believe me. And he can't lie. So you set yourself in agreement with what God says. Or calls. That word call, one definition is to name or to give a name to. So I, I, I've got a piece of advice for you. Whatever God names you, just agree with it. Just agree with it. If that's what God said, just agree with it. Amen. Do, do you see that? You know, in the Bible, God called you rich. Just agree with it. Yeah, but you know, I'm not, what did, I'm not rich, but what God say? He said you were. God said all your needs were met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Though you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was so very rich, he became so very poor, so that you through his extreme poverty might be very rich. Did Jesus do that? Did he go to the cross? Did he become poor on the cross for you and I? Did he suffer that? He did, right? So it's part of our redemptive package. So I have it. I'm rich whether I'm walking in it or not. I just have to believe it when God calls those things that be not as though they were. You will only ascend to the level of what you believe. That's it. Brother Hagin would say this, a man gets in life what he believes for. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, glory to God. Believing is agreement. 
believing is agreement. The, the entire covenant was based on what God said. And Abraham believed what God said. Genesis 15, 6. God came and said and, and told Abraham. He said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, what could you possibly give me? Seeing I'm childless and this Eliezer of Damascus is, is, is going to be my heir. And God said in verse 4, this man will not be your heir, but one that comes out of your own body will be your heir. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God. Did you see that? Now, now, now wait, he still has no son. He still has no heir. Nothing has changed. But God said this, and Abraham believed this instead of this. What does God do? Cause the end of a thing from the beginning. God will say things about you that you go, what, me? Well, just agree. Because then he can start putting in you what's going to make you that. I was telling the staff some stories today about when I first started pastoring. I'm not going to tell you. but uh, And I thought, Lord, what a work you've done in my life in the last nearly 30 years. Hallelujah. Because, because I didn't see, oh, Lord, I didn't see myself as a pastor. I, I, I laugh sometimes because, you know, Jeremy Pearson, Jeremy and Sarah, they pastor a church now in Colorado, good church. I was in Tucson, Arizona. At a meeting with, uh, that he was in. And I was there helping pastor, FCF meeting. And Brother Jeremy was there preaching. And uh, oh, he was, he was preaching and he made this statement. He said, I'm so glad God didn't call me to pastor. He said, I, I, I couldn't do that. And every time I see him and it says, Pastor Jeremy Pearson's, I just laugh. I, I laugh because, 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 because God's got a plan. And some of you here tonight, you're on the edge of it. You're getting over into it. Glory to God. You just got to keep believing what God said about you. This is what God said. Yeah, but I don't see that. That's okay. He's calling the end from the beginning. He's calling those things that be not as though they were. Don't worry about what you can't see. Stay focused on what he sees. Stay focused on what God said and what God sees. God says what he sees and he sees what he says. When God says it, you'll see it because God sees it, so God's saying it. And as God sees it and says it, you say it and you'll see it. Because God's saying it because he sees it. I may not see it, but I got to say it. Saying produces seeing. Glory to God. God saying produces seeing. God will keep talking to you about what he wants you to be, to do, to have, to walk in. And, and as you believe it, what, what God said is what begins to flow in your life. Am I helping anybody? Now, God has now spoken this, and God can't lie. I'll make you the father of a multitude, a multitude of nations, and God cannot lie. When, when, if, if you can settle that, it makes believing easy. God can't lie. I, I, ha I have an appointment tomorrow uh, with a, a brother that... that has never lied to me and would never lie to me. 
And he said, I'll be by the church at this time to pick you up. I'll be there. I'll be early. <laughs> right? Now, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why will I be there? Because he said he's coming. He's never lied to me. I have no reason not to be here. Do, do you see what I'm saying? God cannot lie. So this year, God's going to say some things to you that make you do a double take, but God can't lie. When God starts talking about bringing you out of debt in a matter of months instead of a matter of years, don't get the pen and paper out and try to figure out how you're going to come out of debt in a matter of months with the money that you make. If God said, I'm going to bring you out of debt, God's going to bring you out of debt. Your part is believe what he said. Oh, glory. In anything God promises, the only thing he needs from us is our faith. That's all he needs from us is our faith. The promised seed had not even been born yet. And God's talking to Abraham about being the father of a multitude of nations. And he hasn't had the promised son yet. Hallelujah. God will start talking to you about cities and nations when nobody knows who you are. Hallelujah. God will start talking to you about books when you hadn't even wrote a pamphlet yet. God will start talking to you about victory when all you've ever experienced is defeat. He's just looking for your faith. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, he's just looking for your faith. Oh, hallelujah. He can't see the promised seed yet, but he has the covenant, listen, that will produce the seed if he'll believe. Now think about this. We know Abraham, his body was dead, the Bible says. Sarah was barren. Now think about this for a moment. So we know they can't do anything about that. God's got to do something about that. So when God said, I'll give you a son, God is saying, and whatever I need to repair or bring to life, I will do that to get you your child. God will do whatever he has to do to make what he said to you come to pass. That's why Jesus said that your faith was of such power that if you spoke to the mountain, the mountain would move if you'd believe it. If you'd believe that those things that you say come to pass, why does everything God say come to pass? God believes everything he says. So what God's saying about you, God believes about you. Oh, hallelujah. And what will happen? If you keep believing what God said, everything God says will move those things out of your life that may be hindering or stopping what God's trying to bring into your life. Abraham could not 
have children. Sarah could not have children, but yet they believed God and they had a child. What God says, God will do. So I may not see the promise yet, but I have the covenant book that will produce the promise. The Bible calls, the word calls itself the incorruptible seed of the word of God. When you take the word of God and what God promised you and you sow it into your life, you are putting a seed, the seed of God's word into your spiritual embryo and in a matter of time you will give birth to what God said because this is the living word of God. It can produce what you need in your life. You can take the word of God and fashion your world according to what God said because this is a living book. This is seed. And when it's deposited in your spirit, it will absolutely 100% of the time bring to pass a harvest of vast proportions in just the manner God promised. When you're ingesting the word, you're not just quoting scriptures. You're putting seed in your spiritual embryo, in, in your spiritual womb. You're putting seed into your spiritual body. And that, and that seed is going to grow. Some of y'all are in here tonight. You're so pregnant that you're so far past your due date. You really, you're, you waddle. You got to sit down like this because you're so full of what God wants you to do. I'm telling you, you do whatever you want to do with this. Your water's about to break. Your birthing season is upon you. We're about to hear the cry of a new baby glory to God oh hallelujah I I thought I was too old for that yeah Abraham did too and he still had a child where there's breath there's hope amen Am I helping you? When God says something, he already has all the pieces in place to see it come to pass. I need you to see that. Because the church will say there's nothing impossible with God. Now now listen, that's true partially. There's nothing impossible with God, but the impossible God needs your cooperation. Abraham had to believe God. You don't become the father of faith for nothing. Abraham had to believe God. Abraham doesn't believe God. He don't have a child. If Sarah doesn't believe God, she didn't have a child. The Bible says that Sarah counted God faithful. Faithful to what? What he said. That, that, That word faithful, it carries the idea of the way a nurse cherishes a child or the way a very devoted father cares for his family. That's what the word faithful means. Deuteronomy 7, 9, God, he is God, the faithful God. That that means that God cares about you like a, a very concerned father cares for his children or like a nurse nourishes a newborn baby. That's how God cares for you. And Sarah looked at God and looked at his promise and counted him faithful to his promise. And what's the Bible say? She received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age. 
Well, what, what is that? The, the King James leaves us, kind of, leaves us kind of blind. Her body was renewed so that she could become pregnant with Isaac. Now, we know those things. How did she do that? By counting him faithful. Faithful to what? What he promised. God is faithful to his word. He cannot lie. This is what he said. He cannot lie. He's bound to it. He's faithful to it. That's why Jeremiah said that God literally watches over his word to perform it. So God says something and then sets himself in a position to watch over it to bring it to pass. Oh, my Lord. Genesis 17, verse 15. My Lord, I, I get two or three pages of notes and preach the first paragraph. Well, my goodness, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's oh my. There's so much here. Genesis 17, verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you will not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, princess. And I will bless her and give a son also of her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people will be of her. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that's 100 years old and Sarah that's 90 years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, that Ish, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. And God said, Sarah, your wife will bear you a son indeed, and you'll call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Notice that. He said she would be a mother of nations. Now that word again is goy. Goim, a mother of non-Hebrew nations, of a multitude of them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is speaking, listen to me, about a woman who's always been barren. Yet he has planned every detail and prepared every detail down to the child's name. He's got a name for a baby that the woman can't have. You know, when Abraham laughed, it wasn't so much unbelief as it was astonishment. You waited till now? Right? God, our part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Look at Genesis 18. Genesis 18, verse 10. And he said, God said, I will certainly return unto the time of life, according to the time of life. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door that was behind him. Sarah and Abra Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with uh, Sarah after the manner of women. Now, I know I'm emphasizing this. She's went through the change of life. She's went through menopause. 
It's not, it's not, it's not there. It's not the, the ability, the vibrancy, the life is not in her body to have a child anymore. Therefore, notice, therefore, because of that, Sarah laughed and said, after I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being uh, old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Now, I ask him a question. Then he asked another question. Listen, what's he talking about? Think about this. He's talking about a woman who's past the age of bearing, who has went through menopause, past the change of life. Abraham is obviously, at this point in his life, impotent. He cannot have a child. The Bible says his body was dead. And to those two people, God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Here's the, here's the understood answer. No. Right? I don't care how tough your situation is. It's not this tough. I don't, I don't care who said there's no hope. It's not this hopeless. And God's asking them and us, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now here it is. For who? The Lord. Jehovah. The self-existent one. The one that exists forever eternally in the, in the way that you need him. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto you according to the time of life. Watch this. And Sarah will have a son. You know what it says? What did God say? He said, I will return. I will return. At the end. And Sarah will have a son. Now think about it. What's our part of the covenant? Faith and obedience. God said, I'm coming back in nine months, and you're going to have a son. Now, we know they had to believe that, because nine months later, they had a son. This didn't happen because God made it happen. This happened because Abraham and Sarah believed what God said, and God's power did what God said he would do, but Abraham and Sarah made it happen. You make what God said happen. Does that make sense? Because it doesn't just happen without my help. Oh, glory. The set time, that appointed time. So notice this. That, that word when he said, I will return at the time appointed. That is a set time. It means an appointment or a fixed time. So notice this. In God's mind... The season was fixed. Abraham and Sarah had an appointment with a child. See, according to the covenant that you have with God, you've got an appointment with what God promised you. Your parts just believe it. Well, I'm believing God for total healing in my body. You got an appointment with total healing. It's already on God's calendar. Hallelujah. So notice, God tells them the precise time that they'll have a son. 
Verse 10, I'll return according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. Verse 14, at the time appointed, I'll return, and Sarah will have a son. You know, there's a law of biblical interpretation that when you say God, you see God say something more than once, it's an emphatic thing. God's being emphatic here. I'm not playing. I will show up in nine months, and if you'll believe me, you'll have a son. God's being emphatic with us tonight. If you'll, if you'll take the limits off of God and believe that he cannot lie, and that he's a covenant-making God and a covenant-keeping God, you shall see great things. Oh, glory. Now notice, people will say, well, nothing's too hard for the Lord. What they mean is this, well, it could happen, but we'll see. This is God's answer to Sarah's laughter. Is anything too hard for Jehovah? Anything too hard for me? The one who is God by himself? The one who needs nobody else? The one who eternally exists as our covenant partner? All through the scripture, God promised that this covenant would expand to include the Gentile nations. All through the scripture. Let's look at Isaiah 65. I'm, I'm going through this because we have a covenant. Isaiah 65, 1 and 2. I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. Romans 10, verse 20. We'll, we'll see the New Testament counterpart to this. Romans 10, 20. Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Now, do you see this? We see in Isaiah the prophecy. We see in Romans the fulfillment. Now, there's a reason for saying this. He said Abraham would be the father of a multitude of nations. Uh, Hosea 2. Hosea 2. Oh, hallelujah. And verse 23. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that not, had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, you are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. Romans 9. And verse 24. Even us whom he hath, not call, hath called, not of the Jews only, but of the Gentiles, as he, also, as he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which was not beloved. God, who cannot lie, said the Gentiles would be brought into the covenant that he made with Abraham. Now see, that's, I have a covenant. You have a covenant. I have a covenant because God said we would be brought into it. Hallelujah. Romans 11 and verse 25. I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant 
of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own conceit, blindness or hardness of heart in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. The end of the Gentile age, the end of the church age. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are enemies for your sake. As touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Oh, glory. The covenant that God has made guarantees that all Israel will be saved. That's a covenant promise by God. God will keep reaching out to them until they turn to Jesus. When, as a matter of fact, when you read through the book of Revelation and you read about the tribulation period, a large part of what happens in the tribulation period is centered on the nation of Israel. It's centered on the Jewish people. Not because God's mad, because they, they, they rejected Christ. All right? But notice what he said. All Israel shall be saved. And then why did he say it? Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. See, now you can quote that about a ministry gift, but the gifts and the calling that he's talking about is this election, a covenant by election. They were elected God's covenant people by virtue of being Abraham's seed. They can't get away from that. Now, why are they without repentance? Because God, God, it means God won't repent for calling them and electing them. Just, just read the Bible. Read the Old Testament. How many times God let that covenant people go into bondage and go into to, to bondage under wicked men and wicked rulers because they wouldn't do what God said. But every time before they would go into bondage, he would say, in a matter of years, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to see you. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to raise up a righteous remnant. That's what Paul meant when he said there's always been a remnant. People take that and talk about the remnant church. That's baloney. The remnant that God's talking about is the people of Israel. There's always been a remnant in the nation of Israel that would turn to God. And there's still a remnant today. And God's saying, I can't repent. I can't change my mind because my word's out there. And no matter how much you haven't served me you rejected my son you didn't believe what he did for you but you're still my covenant people by election you understand now I'm, I'm going to show you something here hang on the amplified bible says God's gifts and his call are irrevocable he never withdraws them once they're given and he doesn't change his mind about those that he gives grace or to whom he sends his call. God, God's calling of Israel as his people through election will never change. He will keep sending the gospel to them till they believe. God's calling of the Gentiles by faith will never change. It's irrevocable. Any Gentile, any person... Now, now understand, everybody's got to do it by faith. But I'm saying just for the sake of the covenant. 
any Gentile person that will put faith in Jesus Christ is immediately grafted into the covenant that God made with Abraham. And it's considered a Hebrew. And considered, we read that in the book of Romans chapter 2. He's not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one inwardly. Circumcision is that not of the, of the body, but of the heart. Why we were grafted in. And he said you had to be the seed of Abraham to get grafted in. Well, Jesus brought us into this covenant. And Matthew 1.1 says he's the son of David and the son of Abraham. He's the son of royalty and the son of covenant. That's why we are kings and we are priests unto our God. And that will never change. That's an irrevocable call. Glory to Jesus. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Do you see that? That's why people say, do you think God's done with me? Please. God isn't done. If you're not done, God's not done. If you won't give up, God won't give up. Once he tags you, you're tagged. You're it. It's just how it is. Amen. That, that's so important. That's so important. Because, folks, I'm telling you, God's raising up a group of people that believe what God said, period. They believe what God said, and that's how it's it. That, 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 that's how it is. What God said is how it is. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes in our churches, we think that mindset's everywhere. It is not everywhere. That mindset is not everywhere that what God said, God will do. There are people that are preaching and teaching. There are people that believe that God might and God might not. And that's why they don't receive. I'm telling you tonight that God is raising up a group of people that realize that what God has said is irrevocable. He won't change his mind. He won't take it back. He won't do it different. What he said is how it's going to be. Glory to God. You got time for a couple more scriptures? Glory to God. I, I, I want you to see how important this was to the Lord. Acts 8. Everybody say out loud, I have a covenant. That has, that's, that has to jump to your mind. Jump in your spirit. I have a covenant. Acts chapter 8, verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now, understand the setting. The disciples, the early church has not left Jerusalem. They've stayed in Jerusalem since the resurrection of Jesus. And remember, Jesus said, that you would be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. They have not yet left Jerusalem. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip, oh, get ready. Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things that Philip spake. Hearing and seeing the miracles he did. Unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies. And they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Verse 12. When they believed 
Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now, I went through this because I want you to see something. The first place after the day of Pentecost that we see the gospel preached was to a city of Gentiles. Is that right? First place we see it preached outside of Jerusalem is to a city of Gentiles. Now, notice something. Did they hear the word? Did they believe? Verse 12 says they believed. And what happened after they believed? They were baptized. Is that right? What's our part of the covenant? Believe, faith and obedience. They believed the word and were obedient to baptism. And what happened? Brought into the covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at uh, uh, Acts 8, 26. You're right there in, in chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, behold, a man of Ethiopia, mm. a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then... The Spirit said to Philip, go near and join yourself to this chariot. Hallelujah. Verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I don't know why that scripture just turns me inside out every time I read it. Began right there and preached Jesus. Woo! And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, here's water. What does it hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip preached Jesus to this Ethiopian Gentile. The man heard the word. The man believed the word and obeyed. Our part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Glory to God. Our job is to hear the word Believe the word, act on the word. It's my job. You, you are, your job is be a believer. Hear the word, believe the word, act on the word. Because the covenant that we've been brought into guarantees success. It's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see, let, let me share this with you as, as, as I'm closing. We often tell the story, we'll hear the story about David and Goliath. And very often, much is men, you know, I, I, I hear pre preachers embellish things, you know, and, 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 and they'll, say, they'll say things that are embellishments of the word. You know, like Acts chapter 9, that horse that Paul was knocked off of, that's not there. But yet I've heard preachers preach great glowing sermons. People bounced off the walls about Paul getting knocked off his horse. And there's never a horse mentioned. Just not there. That, that horse. I've looked for that horse. Looked under the H's. Looked under the. Looked at, there, it's just there's no horse. But people will embellish. And they, and they make a mistake here. And they'll focus on why did David choose five smooth stones. And I've heard people say, 
because of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Here's why I did, J-E-S-U-S. I can tell you why I did, because he knew he could miss. Ah, oh, but pastor, that's not as good preaching fodder. I know, it's not a lie. It's not embellishment. He picked five smooth stones, because you might need more than one. Well, Goliath had four brothers. He thought they might come looking for him. The Bible doesn't say that. See, what I'm trying to explain is if you're going to have a covenant mindset, you can't add to the word or take away from the word. What's the word say? It's a covenant book. It means exactly what it said. I've heard people talk about how David was, you know, uh, gangly and awkward. The Bible says that David was beautiful. It said he had beautiful eyes. He was ruddy and of a beautiful countenance. How do you think he got in trouble with some women? Women don't run around looking for ugly folk. I've never had anybody say, I want me an ugly one. I just, I just, uh, glory to God. But here's, here's the point. David shows up. And he's not there to fight. He, he's not there for any other reason than to do what his dad asked him to do. But he shows up with a covenant mindset. Something nobody else had. Are you, are, are you seeing this? And he hears Goliath. Running down God and the armies of Israel. You know what he said? And he went to the first person he could find and he said, What do you get if you kill him? Is that what he said? What's the man get that shuts him up? Now he wasn't looking for a fight. But the giant was speaking disparagingly of God and God's covenant people. Is that right? And he said, who is, and he, used, and he uses, we, we taught on this, he uses the phrase, this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. In other words, I recognize that he has no covenant. He has no right to say anything. Right? And he went to Saul, and Saul said, you can't go fight him. He's a man of war from his youth. So evidently they knew something about him. He's a man of war from his youth, and you're just a young boy. You're just a, 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 a youth. David said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me tell you a story, and I'm not going to get into that. I'll preach too long. He said, he said, he said, there was a lion, there was a bear. Right? The, 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 the lion came and uh, took a lamb. And remember what he said he did to the lion? Chased him down, smote him, grabbed him by the beard, and killed him. Took the lamb out of his mouth. So we know the boy is brave. Chased down a lion. Grabbed him by the beard. Smote him, killed him. Then a Syrian bear, akin to our brown bear, in Alaska, in the upper northwest, big bear, 
came and took a lamb. And you know what? I, I like the way David said this. And I killed him. And then he, I can just see him looking at Saul, and he goes, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. In, in other words, listen, I can't lose. I have a covenant, and he doesn't. And my covenant says that God will curse them that curse me. And God will bless them that bless me. I'm on the side of the blessing. I have a covenant and he doesn't. So this, this thing's as good as done. Hallelujah. Everything that you may be dealing with, it's as good as finished. You have a covenant and they don't. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. See, that's got to be the first thing that jumps to your mind. The first thing that jumped to David's mind was, I have a covenant. He doesn't. And at the end of the day, it was David standing on Goliath's chest cutting his head off. Mm. Glory to God. Isn't that great? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I believe God. Hallelujah. See, that, 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 that covenant mindset covers everything. If you're going to believe Isaiah 54, 17, that says no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment shall be condemned. If you're going to believe that, you've got to have a covenant mindset because that's a covenant promise. That's something God promised in the covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in all your business deals... Everything that you're going to do, you're a covenant person going to make a business deal. You have the upper hand before you ever walk in the, in the door. You have the upper hand before you sit down at the table. Amen. You might have a lawyer. You might have uh, 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 some help, but they represent a covenant man or a covenant woman. And God will prosper them to take care of you. God will give them wisdom to help you. Hallelujah. They'll make, they'll make the best decisions they've ever made and be shaking their head about how good they did because they've never done that good, but they did that good because they are representing a covenant person. I'm telling you, Lord, I'll say that. Covenant people's property will prosper. It will be leased. It will be rented. And it will be leased and it will be rented by people that uh, take care of it, thank you, Lord, and people that will watch over it and treat it as their own. And I'm telling you, this year, properties are going to make much more money than they've ever made before, and they're going to be less work and less expenditure. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And, and if you're looking to make a big purchase, now's the time. You do whatever you need to do with that. But I'm telling you, it's all in, your, in our favor right now. I know what the, the world is saying, 
But the, the, the word the Lord gave us was in this year of 2022, we are to expect astounding abundance. And what keeps coming to my spirit and coming to my heart is even though in the past they have said no, they will not say no now because there's something working on your behalf and it's your covenant and they're going to be compelled to give you a deal. They're going to be compelled to give you a deal. And we're going to get testimonies. I'll just say that, Lord. There, there are people that have talked about things, and they have said, there's no way this is, the, this is as much as we can go. This is as low as we can go. And the Lord tells me, they're going to go anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 lower than their lowest that they said they couldn't go because, number one, they were lying, and number two, they need the money, and number three, God needs to get it to you. They're going to drop their price even farther, ten dollars to $20,000. They'll come off that thing, and you'll get it. You will get it. Glory be to God. Oh, I believe God. Oh, I believe God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.